Hi, I'm Mike Kelly, the founder of Kelly Financial Group, and we're here with this week's Money Matters. Uh, as we mentioned at our last question of the week, we're going to be talking about inheritances uh, probably for quite a while now. Uh, but today, really, we're in the middle of tax season still, so we wanted to talk about inheritance and taxes. The big question that we always get, people always say, well, what will I owe in taxes? How much do I owe in taxes? What is this taxable? Is that taxable? There's some, some pretty basic rules that we kind of look at. And there's a difference between inheritance taxes and income taxes. Now, inheritance taxes, there's an exemption in 2021. That exemption is $11,700,000 per person. Uh, so for a single person versus a married couple, a married couple obviously get two. It, that is portable, so you can carry that forward. Uh, there's some things that have changed on that. If you have questions that pertain to that, let us know. We'll deal with that and help guide you. For the vast majority of people, that isn't an issue. You know, 22 million or less, you're pretty good. But really, when you look at inheritance versus income tax, the question people have is income taxes. Will I owe any income taxes? Again, it depends really on uh, whether you're talking state or federal. Some states, uh, the income taxes can be as high as 13, 14%. Other states, they're not. So again, we'll be focusing mostly on federal today, and then we can discuss the individual states that you live in. We do have clients all over the country. Uh, and just to be fair, um, we can talk about your state in person. Okay, so will I owe taxes? Well, it really does depend on what you inherit. A lot of the times, if you're under that 11.7 million, the answer is no. For example, if I inherit property, well, if you inherit a home, that, say from your parents, they passed, they bought a home for $100,000 45 years ago, it's now worth $1 million. Do you owe taxes on that million? No. Normally, you get a step up in cost basis. So on the day that they passed and you actually inherit that home, you get a step up in cost to that million dollars, if that's what it's worth on that day. Any increase from that day going forward would be taxable. So what you're looking at there, it converts from a step up in cost basis to capital gains taxes. If you keep the property for less than 12 months, it's short-term capital gains, which is taxed at your ordinary income bracket level. If you keep the property for more than 12 months, you're taxed at long-term capital gains. So depending on that amount, again, you can look at our chart. So really you're looking at a, a minimal hit and it's just on that uh, gain that you have above the step up in cost basis. So most property, whether you're talking about rental properties, whether you're talking about primary residences, if you're talking about raw land, you should get a step up in cost basis. There's an exception to every rule, which is why I say should. One of those exceptions is if it's a business. For example, if you inherit a family farm or you inherit a business, there's different rules for that. So let's talk about that, if that's the situation for you. But for the most part, Inheriting property, you do get that step up. That's also true when you're talking about investments. Stocks, bonds, with stocks especially, you get a step up in cost basis. Now, there's, we have clients that purchased stocks 30, 40, 50 years ago when they were younger and it was their favorite company and they just held on to it. And lo and behold, that company is now worth billions of dollars and the stock is very significant. Uh, it doesn't take many shares to, to add up pretty significantly. So with stock, what you wind up doing is also getting a step up in cost basis. So that stock can be inherited tax-free. 
typically when you're sitting there and a person says, well, I want to plan for my inheritance, um, what should I do? Should I take money out of my IRA because that's taxable to me? Or should I liquidate some of my stock because then I'm only paying long-term capital gains on that? It really depends on, on their tax bracket. A lot of times we'll have people take money out of their IRAs and leave the stock to grow so that that money passes tax-free to their heirs. Um, again, I'm a firm believer that taxes are going to go up. Uh, with the way the government is spending money, uh, I feel that tax rates and tax brackets are going to change in the future, not to our benefit. So anything that you can pass on tax-free is good. From the person inheriting the stock, definitely is much better to have it get tax-free. Because when you inherit in other types of investments like IRAs, there's a whole different set of rules. So there is taxation on that. And on a Roth IRA, the goal of a Roth IRA, you put money in there, it's taxed before it goes in, basically it's take-home pay, grows tax deferred, comes out tax-free, providing certain rules are met. Uh, the two rules are the five-year rule, which is you have to have it for at least five years from the day the first dollar went in, and you have to be over 59 and a half for that, the gains to be tax-free. The money you put in is always tax-free. So if you open up a Roth IRA at 50, you still have to wait till 59 and a half for the gains to be tax-free. Uh, if you open it up at 60, you still have to wait the five years for the gains to be tax-free. If you inherit a Roth IRA, if the person that you're inheriting the Roth IRA from is under the age of 59 and a half, normally they would be paying a 10% penalty for any money they took out. You do not have to pay that. Okay, that 10% penalty is waived on an inherited Roth IRA if they're under that age. However, the five-year rule still does apply for the gains to be tax-free. Traditional IRAs are different. There's a completely different set of rules. Uh, the SECURE Act that was just passed changed it so you don't have uh, MRDs or RMDs anymore. Uh, you have a 10-year window. And this is true both for the Roth IRA and the traditional IRA. They do not want you to leave money in the Roth. And here we're talking about non-spouses. For a spouse, if a spouse inherits a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA, they can roll that into their own name and they can keep it as if it was their own all along. Non-spouse, there's a 10-year distribution window. Okay, it, It's not like a, uh, an MRD was before. It, it, you don't have to take the same amount every year. There's not a set amount that you have to take every year, but you do have to take out all of the assets within 10 years. So you could take out 10% a year for 10 years. You could take out 20% every other year. You could take it all out in one year. With a Roth, that might make sense because as long as you've satisfied the, the five-year requirement on a Roth, when you inherit that, as long as that requirement's been satisfied, you can take all of that money out tax-free and you can use it for whatever you want. It's non-taxable. With a traditional IRA, if you inherit that, you, and you take the money out, it is fully taxable. So typically with a larger IRA, if you take all of that money out at one time, the entire amount is taxable, will throw you into a higher tax bracket, so you do want to plan on taking it over time. Okay, some exceptions there to the 10-year rule. If you're dealing with a minor child, if a minor child inherits an IRA, that 10-year rule is waived. They can, depending on what either a will or a trust would say, you can follow those terms. Depending on what the courts might say, you can stretch that out longer for a minor child. 
for a person who's disabled, you can also do that. Or for a non-spouse person who inherits an IRA that is within 10 years of the age of the person that left it to them. They can then take it over their lifetime. So there's a number of different rules that apply when you're inheriting IRAs, both for the Roth and for the traditional. Uh, the Roth, done correctly, is completely tax-free. The traditional IRA, uh, done correctly, you're only paying income taxes on the money when you withdraw it. But in both cases, that money has to come out within 10 years. So the vast majority of assets that you inherit uh, will be free from income tax. Uh, federal income taxes, again, it varies state by state. But what, what you're really looking at when you're looking at assets and, and you're looking at inheriting assets, what type of assets are they, will determine the type of taxes that you pay or any taxes that you pay. It will determine the, the, the amount that's due both on a state and on, on a federal level. So what you want to be able to do is when you're inheriting money before you access those assets, before you start spending them basically, you want to get uh, evaluation of what they are, what the cost basis is, what, what types of gains are they? Are they taxable gains? Are they long-term gains? Or are there no taxable gains? It really depends on what you're inheriting. You want to do all of that before you start liquidating the assets because once you start liquidating them, that sets it in stone and the federal government will determine what type of taxes you pay. You want to be the one that decides that. And realistically, um, before you spend any inherited money, you should sit down and really evaluate what you've received, how you want to withdraw it, how you want to spend it, and what's the best way from a tax perspective and from a legal perspective. Uh, and again, we're not even getting into wills or trusts or probate or all of that in this particular Money Matters talk. We'll be talking about that more in the upcoming uh, videos that we do. We also have an interview coming up with our attorney, Mark Herbert, to delve into a, a lot more detail on this, especially like with Lynn, we're gonna talk about Proposition 19. When you look at the, the different factors that have changed over the last year, or what we call legislative risk, these are things that have changed. There's a lot more changes coming. So we wanna make sure that we keep you updated. We wanna let you know what's going on. So this is just some pretty general information for you here today. Uh, if you feel that it's helpful, um, you know, give us a call if you need questions asked. Uh, if you if you you're in a situation where you just need some advice, you can click the link below, schedule a 10 or a 15 minute phone call, or schedule a time to come in and sit down and talk about it. Typically, with subjects like this, we like to look at the the actual statements or look at the paperwork of what you're inheriting, so we can guide you correctly. So sitting down is normally better. Uh, if you know somebody would benefit from this, you can forward this to them, and we can sit down and talk with them and, and help guide them. Uh, the key is you want to minimize the tax hit on any inheritance that you get. Depending on the type of assets that you get will really determine how we can help you with that. Uh, if you'd like to just call us directly, our phone number is 661-273-9005. Thank you. I appreciate the time you spent here today. Um, and it really is important that you pay attention to these because your money does really matter. Thank you. Securities offered through SCF Securities Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through SCF Investment Advisors Incorporated. SCF Securities Incorporated and Kelly Financial Group are independently owned and operated. Neither Michael Kelly or Arlen Kelly offer legal or tax advice. 
This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax advisor or attorney. Please consult legal or tax professionals for specific information regarding your individual situation.